Hello, and welcome to the Pursuit City Church podcast. Our mission is to lead people to know the love of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you will feel encouraged as well as challenged through the Word of God. If you need prayer or want to share your story, please send an email to info at PursuitCC.com. Get ready to enjoy this message. God bless. like to follow along this morning, you can do so by texting the word sermons to 94,000. Sermons, plural. It's a plural word to 94,000. And uh, it's, always, it's always good to, to follow along in the link or in, the, in the, the Bible app there. You'll see a link to our website where it gives you a lot of information about the fast that we're on right now. Is everybody doing okay? Everybody doing all right? All right, praise the Lord. Got like one guy saying yes. So praying for you. Praying for you. Um, <clears throat> how many, let me ask you this. How many of you has been a challenge? Okay, it's a challenge. Good. It should be a challenge. It should be a challenge. It should be difficult. If it's easy, you need to change it up. Okay. Uh, so there's a link on our web, or to our website there at PursuitCC.com slash fasting. It has all the information that you can uh, have questions about, uh, little guides. And then it also has a link in our, in our notes today to the devotion, the 21-day uh, fasting and prayer devotion to follow us through the fasting time frame every single day to read the word of the Lord. Amen. How many have been reading the Bible every day? How many of you have been praying more than you thought you ever would? Okay, yeah, that's, that seems to be a common thing. I didn't realize how much I was going to pray because you didn't realize how hungry you were going to be, right? That's just the reality. And every time you get hungry, you gotta, you got to pray, amen? If you weren't here last week, I'm going to do a quick recap. We started off the new series for the year uh, about prayer and fasting. It's called 21. In these 21 days, we're on day five, by the way, y'all counting. <laughs> we're on day five uh, and it's going good. Amen. It's going good. In these 21 days, you will find yourselves in moments where you're not quite sure if you want to continue, right? Uh, I've heard that a couple times too already. I almost gave up already. I want to encourage you. Don't give up. And if you mess up, get back on the horse. Amen. Jump back into it. Don't worry about it. No one's, no one's here keeping a, a tally of how many times uh, you, you sniffed one too many times a, a gordita. <laughs> you got a little too close. We're not doing that here. But I want to encourage you. Be steadfast. Be resolute. Continue on. Amen. So I want to recap real quick the message from last week because it has some information for those of you who weren't here. We talked about the story uh, opening up about the boy who was throwing himself into the water, into the fire. Remember this story? And uh, the father took his son to the disciples to receive prayer because he realized this is a demonic thing. This is not a normal thing. This is not just an illness. This is a demonic thing. Whatever was in him was trying to kill him. 
It threw him in the water, threw him in the fire. He was self-harming, all these things, right? And so what we saw was that when the, he got to Jesus, he told them, I took my son to your disciples and they prayed for deliverance, but nothing happened. They could not deliver him. And then Jesus explained, well, the reason why nothing happened is because this kind of spirit, this kind of demonic activity only comes out through prayer and fasting, right? And to have the understanding and the awareness to know the difference of what was going on with that child, you had to have discernment. And so Jesus then immediately prayed for the boy and he was healed. He was delivered. Amen. So we talked about the reality that fasting is more than just something we do because we're supposed to. We do it for one main reason, and that's to draw near to God. Amen? We do it because biblical fasting helps us eliminate distractions. And this is what I feel is probably one of the harder things for us, right? To eliminate distractions, to eliminate things from our lives that pull us away from God. Whatever is in your life that pulls you away from time with the Lord, whatever is in your life that distracts you from the Lord, Fasting is a time to eliminate those things. The reason why we fast food is because it immediately jars us physically. And there should be a physical uh, thing going on with us that helps us recognize how dependent we are on the Lord. Fasting also enables us to celebrate the goodness and mercy of God. It is an opportunity to remind us that God is good because imagine how blessed we are to have enough food to eat three times a day, sometimes five, depending on what house you live in. How blessed are you to have that ability? Not everyone is in that situation. So it's a reminder of the goodness of God, the mercy of God that he has provided for you. Fasting also helps us to go into a challenge, and it should be a challenge. It's important to understand that in order to do this well, we have to find out what pleases the Lord. What does Ephesians 5.10 say? Find out what pleases the Lord. If you're still unsure, if you're in the room and you haven't joined us, no problem. We're not here to make you. But I want to encourage you, if you want to join us in this fast, find out what pleases the Lord. Don't find out what pleases you. Don't find out what pleases your family. Find out what pleases the Lord. This is between you and God. This is a, a time and a dedication of consecration between you and the Lord. Find out what pleases the Lord. What does God want me to do? This forces you to pray, doesn't it? This forces you to spend time with God, doesn't it? This forces you to go to him and talk to him, doesn't it? I've met a lot of people in my time in ministry. I was, oddly enough, last night before going to bed, I was thinking back of how old I am. And I'm like, hmm, how long have I been preaching? I preached my first message at 19 years old. I'm 39. I've been preaching 20 years. I'm like, wow, I'm getting old. 
Whenever you start saying stuff, yeah, 20 years ago, maybe I shouldn't say that out loud. But I remember 20 years ago going on a fast leading up to my first message. It's just something that has always been there, always been a part of my life. I know I don't look it, but don't judge me. It's just always been there. It's a discipline that we should learn. It's a discipline that we should practice often. And so when I say find out what pleases the Lord, I mean that because it, it forces you into a place where you're having conversation with God. And the most important thing you can do is be in a place where you're having conversation with God. So I want to recap real quick the options you have with fasting. The first one was a complete fast. This is the type of fast where you drink only liquids, typically water and light juices. I'm one of those people, I still drink coffee. That's just me. It's, I'm not rigid with it. Some of y'all are like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, that's just me. I, I drink coffee. I'm always drinking coffee. But I drink a lot of mineral water. My wife is like, why do you have to drink the bougie water? Because that's me. That's me. It's what pleases the Lord, okay? <laughs> The other type is the selective fast, where you remove certain things from your diet. This is typically called the Daniel fast, right? Where it is, you remove fruits. I mean, you remove meat, don't have fruits. You remove the meats, the breads, the sweets, things like that. You only eat fruits and vegetables, uh, you know, things like that. The, the guide for that is on our website, the things to eat, the things to stay away from if you're doing a Daniel fast. Um, the other one is the partial fast. This is sometimes called the Jewish fast, where you might just eat once a day. You eat what you want. There's no restrictions on what you eat, but you eat once a day. The problem is some of y'all be doing like three meals inside, inside of two hours because you're like so hungry. Don't do that. You're like, oh, it's time to eat. It's time to eat again. I haven't gone to bed yet. <laughs> it's time to eat again. Oh, my gosh. Third dinner. Yeah, don't do that to yourself. Just eat once, right? Pace yourself. 21 days. You'll be okay, I promise. Promise you, you'll be okay. And the last one was the soul fast. This is a great option. I remember doing this one a couple years back. Dif more difficult than I thought it would be. To remove social media, to remove television, to remove things that are completely distracting. How many of you know how distracting those things are? Yeah, it's just so incredibly distracting, right? So if that is something that you struggle with, I want to encourage you to incorporate that in your fast. I think the last week of the fast, I might do that, to incorporate that, to just throw that in there, to try to end it strong. Because my problem is I'd be watching videos all day of steaks, people cooking. <laughs> That's my problem. So I got to gotta do something about that. So this is a hard one. This is a difficult one. Look, all of this is a challenge, right? All of this is difficult. None of this is easy. Whatever it is that you do, just make sure you're doing it to please the Lord. Amen? Fasting is a time to remind ourselves that if we're needing a change in our life, if we're desperate for change, if we're needing a redirection, if, if we want to be more hungry for the Lord, if we need a miracle in our life, or if we simply just want to walk in the same power that Jesus walked in. 
then fasting helps us get there. It helps us find it. Fasting is what helps us connect to that. Because it's so easy for life to get in the way, for life to take over, for us to be drawn into the cares of the world. Jesus talked about this so much. He said, don't be so consumed by the cares of this world. And yet, that's exactly what we get consumed with, isn't it? We get consumed with the day-to-day. We get consumed with what's happening around us. We get consumed with tomorrow. Jesus said some crazy stuff, man. He said, hey, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough problems for itself. He said, don't even worry about what you're going to wear or what you're going to eat or where you're going to go or what you're going to do or what business dealings you have. Can you believe that? Jesus is saying all these things. Don't worry about 24 hours from now. Only worry about right now. In other words, what he was saying was be present. How many of you know that one of the hardest things to do is to be here right now? Right? We're always thinking of something else. We're always distracted. We're always concerned with tomorrow. We're always concerned with what is coming up. Be present. Fasting helps us to be present. Amen? Y'all ready for today? Let's pray and then we'll jump into it. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of coming together as a church family to fast, to pray, to seek you, to draw nearer to you, to draw closer to you. Lord, I pray for every single person that is with us during this time that is fasting. I pray that you help them. I pray that you strengthen them. I pray that you encourage them, continue to motivate them to continue on. I pray that no one gives up, that no one falls out, but that we all finish strong. I pray for every single one of us, every young person, every older person, doesn't matter our age, Lord, I pray for supernatural strength during this time. And I ask that as we move forward, that our desire to draw nearer to you is accomplished. That we hear your voice more clearly, that we sense you more easily in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Oh, I say that again. Everybody said, amen. are y'all awake or what? How many of you know the Cowboys going today? All right, praise the Lord. If you're not a Cowboys fan, you might be in the wrong church. Mm, mm. This, is, this is Cowboys country. Here we go. Okay. It's going to go good today. It's going to go good. Can't wait to beat the Packers. I've been waiting for this day. You have no idea. Des caught it. Just saying. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's been years. I can't wait. How many of you guys agree, and everybody has different backgrounds in here, so it's okay if you disagree. How many of you guys agree that it's a good thing to speak in tongues? Yeah? Now, I come from old school, Pentecostal, rolling on the floor, shouting at everybody, church. I'm not joking. And so, you know, speaking in tongues is just like a second language, you know. 
It's funny, I can speak in tongues, but I can't speak Spanish. So praise the Lord. I'm not that brown. Speaking in tongues is a good thing. Amen? It's a healthy thing. The Bible talks to us about this all through Scripture. Paul talks about this all through Scripture a lot. And he even said some interesting stuff. In, in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, he says, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you all. Uh, he wasn't he wasn't shy about this. He he was very like adamant. Like he speaks in tongues. He speaks in tongues a lot. He speaks in tongues more than everybody else. Right? That's Paul, man of God. He preached all over the world. He planted dozens of churches. Those churches, some of them still exist, by the way. If you didn't know that, go look that up. It's pretty interesting. They still exist. It's pretty wild. You got the church of Ephesus, the church of Thyatira, all these places. It's pretty cool. So speaking in tongues is a big deal. It's an important thing. Now, if you come from a more conservative Southern Baptist route, it is the complete opposite. They don't believe that. That's fine. It doesn't bother me because it's not going to stop you from entering the gates of heaven. Praise the Lord. Prophecy. How many of you believe prophecy is a good thing? How many of you ever received a prophetic word and then watched it happen? Okay, well, you're standing in one right now. I remember receiving a prophetic word one day. Uh, I, I, I make mistakes often. And sometimes I make the mistakes of going to church services and answering altar calls and without voluntarily doing so. <laughs> I remember being at a church service that, oddly enough, was actually for, for youth. I took the youth over there. I was a youth pastor at the time. And me and a buddy were there, and we took the youth, and... We're just like, you know, letting them do their thing. They're having their church service. We're standing in the back. And then this guy gets up on stage. And he just goes, there are people in this room that are called to plant churches. And if it's you, you need to come down here right now. I have no idea how I ended up down there. I have no idea. I just, and all of a sudden, I was down there. And I was on the floor. This was a long time ago, people. And I remember, like, on my knees going, why am I here? Why did I say yes? Why did I come up here? And I just remember them looking at me and saying, you're going to plant a church one day, and you need to prepare. Sure, dude. <laughs> Whatever you say. And now here we are. That's a prophetic word. That's prophecy. That's, that's God coming into your world, speaking into your life through someone else. And then watching that thing take place, that's prophecy. In 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. How many believe prophecy is good? We should prophesy. Prophecy is for what? Encouragement. It's for edification. It's to build up each other. It's to build up the church. Speaking in tongues is to build up yourself. Did you know that? If you need encouragement for yourself and you're by yourself, speak in tongues. If you want to encourage a neighbor, prophesy. What about understanding and knowledge, wisdom? How many of you would like to have just more knowledge of the things of God? How many believe understanding of the things of God is important? It's important, right? We should be learned in this stuff. We should know the word of God. We should have spiritual knowledge. We should have knowledge of of what God says. We should be familiar with these things. We should have understanding. In Proverbs 4, 7, it says, Wisdom 
is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. This is a good thing, right? We need this. We need wisdom. We need knowledge. We need understanding. We need to know what God says about things. Amen? It's a good thing. What about faith? How many believe faith is important? In fact, Jesus said something interesting. He said, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? Jesus highlighted faith as a very, very important thing. Faith, Matthew 17, 20 says this. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Faith is important. Faith is a must. We have to have faith. And Jesus said, if we have the type of faith that he's looking for, nothing will be impossible for us. Speaking in tongues, prophecy, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and faith. These are important things, right? We need these things, right? How many of you have all of these things? It's okay to boast. You can say yes. If you don't, it's okay. How many of you wish you had all these things? How many of you aim to have all these things? And then I would suggest to you this morning that we're aiming wrong. We're aiming wrong. Because all of these things are amazing. They're important. They're necessary. And you should desire these things. Just like the scripture says, desire these things. But that should not be our aim. Because all of these things bring attention to us. And in fact, churches straight up split over these things and how they apply these things and how they preach on these things and how they function in these things because people think their gift is about them. People think their gift is for them and not for others. When people think that their gift in prophecy and speaking in tongues and knowledge or faith is to be used solely to elevate themselves, they miss the point. So I want to direct your attention to the famous love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. And it says this, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith that I can remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Let's stop there. It's so easy to get caught up in what we can do. 
It's so easy to function in our gift. I know a lot of gifted, talented people who have terrible motives. It's true. It's unfortunate. It's the reality, though. I've been around them, been involved with them, ministry, years, seen it, been there, done that. Peace out. People who have ulterior motives when they're behind the pulpit or in their function in ministry is easy to spot for me because I can tell it's more about them than anyone else. If we focus on what we can do, we have missed what we're supposed to do. And if we focus on the good that we do, we have missed what we're supposed to do. He even went as far to say, if I give my body to be burned. You know, that's that idea that you would die for God. You would die for the gospel. You would die for the truth. I'm there. You can't get me to turn away, no matter what. But he's telling me, he's warning me. Those of you who would give your body to be burned, if you don't have love, you're nothing. You think you're so high and mighty because you can do this, 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 and this. But if you don't have this, you have nothing. Let's read, let's read further. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will fail. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part. And we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. And now abide faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. The church is famous for demonstrating its talents and gifts. But we're not famous for demonstrating the true love of God. What use would our fast be if we come out of it and still focused on us? What use would this whole fast be if we come out of it and we have not love? You say, well, what does love look like? He just showed us. And it's hard. It's hard. It's not easy, is it? 
I've read this chapter in many translations. In one of the other translations, it says, love keeps no record of being wronged. Chew on that for a second. How many of you have got a whole journal full of what somebody did to you? Love keeps no record of being wrong. Just that one alone is, is too difficult to bear. Just that one alone is too difficult to understand. And yet here we are. He says, if we have not love, we have nothing. I'm here to encourage you today. Find the love of God in your everyday. Our whole mission statement is what? Lead people to know the love of Jesus. Don't lead them to you. You don't have all the answers. He does. You know, the other aspect of this is we're forgetting where we find love. Where do we find this? Where do we find this? We only find it in one place, and that's in the very presence of the Lord. We must seek him to grow more in his nature. The love of God is the character of God. It is the nature of God. The love of God is not an emotion. It's not a feeling. It's his character. It's his nature. We say we love so many things, but it's not true. I mean, I, I really do love tacos. Maybe not as much as I, or maybe too much. <laughs> we say we love so many different things. We use this word, right? But you know, in the Greek language, there's nine different Greek words for love. Because there's so many different ways you can express this emotion. Because he was trying to get across an emotion. This scripture encompasses five different of those nine different ways of saying it. In other words, love is everything. It's all of it. You don't, you don't get to pull out what you don't like when it comes to love. I will love you only if, well, there's a problem with that, isn't there? Because he says, Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That's difficult. That's difficult. Because if you find yourself in a situation where I don't know if I can truly extend love to that person anymore, then you don't have the love of God. You have a resemblance of what you thought love was. Love does not seek its own. It does not rejoice in iniquity. It rejoices in the truth. How do you get more of the love of God? How do you get to that place where all you receive is the love of God so that's all you can give? I want to challenge you that one way to get there is through fasting. But you do it not so that you can be elevated, 
or that you get glory or that you get attention or that your gift arises. You do it to get his nature, to get his character. We talked a little bit last week about this idea about going back to our first love. We have to return. For those of you who, who have been serving the Lord a long time and you started off strong and then you might have fell away a little bit, you dipped away a little bit, I want to encourage you to return to your first love. Return to that place where there is really nothing else that matters. When I was 19 years old about to preach, I didn't care about anything else. I just wanted to preach. I just wanted to please the Lord. Whatever he said, I didn't care. That's why I ended up at an altar call. I didn't even know how I ended up there because I didn't care. I just wanted to please the Lord. And then the cares of life come. And then the responsibilities come. And then the business comes. The jobs come. The children come. Financial pressures come. Relationship pressures come. You know what ends up happening? You take your eyes off your first love. You lose sight of your first love. And this is a reminder to us that we can never give what we don't have. You will never be able to love well if you don't have the first love intact. You will never be able to do 1 Corinthians 13 if your first love is not solid, if he is not your number one. You will never be able to love your kids properly, love your spouse properly, love your neighbor properly if you don't love him properly. It's not possible. People think all around the world they're showing love and they're completely disconnected from God. And when the Bible declares that God is love, how can you give what you don't have? How can you provide something you're not connected to? How can you give anything when all of it comes from him? Last scripture, Mark 2:18. It says this, the disciples of John and Pharisees were fasting. Then they came and said to him, why did the disciples of John and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not? So it was pretty public that everybody who was a disciple of these guys were fasting, but Jesus' disciples just didn't do it. In verse 19, Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? And as long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. And then they will fast in those days. The disciples didn't need to fast yet. Because they had Jesus with them. Present. In person. In the flesh. But he made it very clear, as soon as he was gone, they would fast because they were going to need it. Because in order to stay connected, you need to remain fasting. 
This was something that Jesus declared had to happen. When you fast and pray, it wasn't an option. It wasn't something you maybe should do. It is what he said we had to do if we wanted to stay connected to the bridegroom. Listen. We fast for the presence of God, not for performance. We're not here to perform for anyone. We're not here to say, oh, who's better at this? I've been in those things, man. It is exhausting. I don't care if you mess up. I care why you're doing this. Are you fasting for your own personal gain or are you fasting to gain more of the presence of the Lord? We're not here to perform. We're also not aiming at being perfect. We're not. I'm not aiming at being perfect. I'm aiming at the perfect one. I'm aiming at the one who already is perfect. There is no way now or ever that I'll ever reach perfection. But I can be in the presence of the one who is, and he covers me. He covers me. He's with me. I want to encourage you today. Fasting is a discipline that is difficult, but it is powerful. It is important. It is necessary. If you haven't joined us yet, consider doing so. If you are on this fast, keep seeking the Lord. Keep praying. How many of you have been hangry? Okay, I got some hands on that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little difficult when all of a sudden... Yeah, or if you run a food truck, I don't know. It's a little difficult when all of a sudden everyone wants to give you free food. It's like, why now, dude? Where have you been? Where have you been? All of a sudden, right? All of a sudden the blessings fall from the sky. No. Don't let the temptation distract you. Don't let the enemy defeat you. Stay strong. Keep focused. I can't tell you how many times yesterday someone offered me food. It's like, shut up. I'm going to slap you. Oh, even my own son. Like, you know I'm fasting. Let's stand. Worship team, y'all come. I want to pray. I want to worship. Can we do that? Thank you for joining us this week. If you would like to support our ministry, you can easily do so by visiting our website, PursuitCC.com. Also, follow us on all social media outlets by using at PursuitCC. Thank you and God bless.